When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Or fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, score! Ray Bork. Score! Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot. Over the rocks. He gets loose. And Bergeron scores. Patrice There are three ways you can support the show. We are available on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud.com, and on TheHockeyWriters.com, located in the podcast channel of the website. Now here's your hosts, Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back for episode 40 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the Tuka Rask edition. I just want to start off by saying we apologize for the last couple of weeks of technical difficulties. I swear this is the, the, the doings of uh, the 38th episode, which, which we called the Jordan Karan episode. So we're, we're going to move on to players' numbers that suck, that, that didn't, didn't suck in the future. So we're trying to change our luck here. Um, Rob, how are we doing today? I am good, sir. How are you? I'm very good. Very good. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really pumped up about about talking about this this previous week of hockey and I I thought that the Bruins really played to to their you know I I hate bringing up big bad Bruins all the time but that was a pretty good a sample size of uh of what that's all about yeah and what this team can actually produce when they put their minds to it exactly that, that was some good hockey played this week. Uh, ex- except for um, the Carolina Hurricanes game on Sunday of last week, which was the uh, Sebastian Ajo show and pretty much killed us in overtime. Yeah. I, I I thought they they went on to to play a very very tough St. Louis team. Um, oh yeah. 
at St. Louis, which is, I mean, it, the Bruins do have a pretty decent home, I, I mean, away record. But to yes. go into their house and, and, and pull out a 5-3 to three victory, I thought was uh, impressive. Yeah, definitely. It, it showed a lot of it shows a lot of guts when you go up against a powerhouse like St. Louis, who have depth in all the right places. It's uh, it's good to pull out a win against them teams, definitely. Yeah, and uh, the the Thursday game against the Predators. I mean, even though they lost in regulation, yeah. I got to give that team, the Bruins team, a, a ton of credit for staying in it and trying to get. You know, to try to get those those two points as 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 hot as it was, but uh, I just I thought that was a very good game. I thought it was a, a, a lot of passion involved in that game, a lot oh, of great. You, you saw that right at the end when, the, what was it like two two or three seconds left on the clock, and Tory Krug went and blocked that shot that was going in the empty net. Yep. And there was there was no chance they were going to score off it, but he didn't want that goal going in for the empty net so it definitely shows a lot of heart on his part for sure um and the, the, definitely the game of the week was oh, was yeah. was yesterday and I mean the, the Bruins just killed the Flyers absolutely yeah. killed the Flyers uh to a 6 the Brad Marchand's show yeah five point game uh yeah. a, a milestone um, I, on his I, 500th NHL game as well. Yeah, yeah, that that's impressive, and it, it's good to see him continue to be one of those uh, point-producing players for this team. That seen, you know, that has not always been point-producing in the in in the previous uh, weeks of the season. So um, we're definitely seeing a nice turn, and I think it's the appropriate time that this this time is is coming because you know as soon as you wink an eye it's going to be april yeah definitely so it's it's going quick yeah i I said this would happen though when we because it felt like such a long off season this year and i knew like it was going to feel like such a short season and like half a season's gone right it's crazy so i mean it'll soon be over but Will we be in the playoffs? Will we have that extra hockey? Who knows? Absolutely. But um, I got some uh, some more good news. We always seem to have some good news, but it always turns out to be a technical issue. But we, we've moved on to um, a sponsor for our show, and that's a complete show sponsor. So we're not going to break it up into bits and pieces. We're not at that level yet. So... But um, we've teamed up with um, the great people at Beast from the Northeast uh, Clothing Company, Sports Clothing Company, and um, today's episode and future episodes will be brought to you by the great people at Beast from the Northeast who pride themselves on using the highest quality apparel to showcase their one-of-a-kind designs that you won't find anywhere else. So be prepared to stand out and rock your beast gear proudly and loudly at beastfromthenortheast.bigcartel.com. Definitely go check them out. They've been treating us very well. Um, like I said last week, I got a shirt that is really cool and it's a really good quality. And I'm, 
I'm going to be doing a lot more business with those guys, so... Oh, yeah. Have you seen the uh, Bacchus shirt that they've got in as well? I did. I'm going to... I think I'm going to have to, like, do a bulk order. Get, like, five shirts and just get them shipped up. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I'm sure those guys... Done. Those guys will really appreciate that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so we're going to be uh, just you know, mentioning those guys here and there. We're still going to try to do the trivia. We don't have much interest right now. If you're interested, please uh, just say that you're interested, and we'll put you into a drawing. And if you win, you, you can come on and appear uh, on the show with us. Um, send me an email at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and we'll try to get you on. Or contact either of us on Twitter as well. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good that's, way to get hold of exactly. us. Exactly. It's, it's probably the easier way, but uh, I just want to throw the email address out there too. Yeah. So, um, with last week's games, uh, the uh, the Bruins are in f- after forty six games played, they're twenty three, eighteen, and five, uh, fifty one points, uh, second in the Atlantic Division, they're nine points behind leading Montreal, uh, the sixth in the Eastern Conference, eleven points behind leading Columbus Blue Jackets. So. This is this is a good spot for them. Like I said uh, a moment ago, uh, moving forward, and things seem to to, to heat up. So uh, I hope it continues. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'm just really excited. I, I I just I was waiting for this week, all season, you know. Oh, yeah. and, and like I said, even though the, the Nashville game was disappointing uh, in 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 the score. I wasn't disappointed in the action. So yeah, because it's all season. It's felt like five hundred hockey. It's felt like every time we win, we lose the game afterwards. Right. So for this week to come along and it be a bit more consistent and string a few wins in, and it, it's a good feeling. And especially when it looked like more complete hockey. It wasn't like a they weren't fluky wins. They weren't like one goal wins where. We've just squeezed by. They were they were good, intense games that we won. So, and like I was saying before, it's good to see like some of the more higher paid players start to put up points, especially a guy like Marshall who's just going onto his new contract. Yeah, it's good to see those guys like actually put up numbers later later on in the season when we need it the most. Yep. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we passed an act slowing down as well. Yeah, yeah, so. we're definitely going to talk about that. Um, I just wanted to uh, bring up some players that have been uh, producing point-wise. Uh, not yeah. all of them on the goal column, but um, Brad Marchand, I mean, in his past five games, he's got seven goals, four assists, and 11 points. And That's that, crazy. It's huge. It is huge. Um and in 46 complete games this season, uh, he's got 17 goals, 26 assists, 43 points. And another honorable mention is Tory Krug. Uh, he's in his last five games, he's got six points, three goals, three assists. And after 46 games, he's got four goals, 24 assists, 28 points. And believe it or not, even though he's slumping, like you said. David Pasternak still has six points in his last five games. Yeah. All assists. 
but uh, he still remains at 19 goals uh, after 39 games, and he's got 33 points. But um, it remains goalless in the last 13, 13 games. So hopefully, I think it, I think a lot of it though is it, like other teams are starting to see what he is and how dangerous a scorer he can be. And that's exactly so, that's exactly yeah. what I wanted to bring up last week. And I think I just I, I don't know why I just tailed off on something else, but I believe they, they that teams now have a book on him. I mean, yeah. I've seen especially last in last week's action. Um, a lot of double coverage. Yeah. You know what I mean? When he's definitely in the offensive zone, he's getting covered by one, but a, a close eye by another person, another player. So it's yeah. tough. And, and a lot of the time, the blocking, the blocking, the passing lanes to him when he's been the open man, he's, he's not managing to get free as much as he used to. Right. So, so he used to like, if he was the free man, he'd, they kind of make the triangle around the net so Bergeron would be the high guy Pasternak would go back door and Marshall would hold the puck but at the moment like when Pasternak goes to that back door he's covered and then when he pulls off the back door to come more towards the hash marks he's then covered again so there's not as much shooting chancing for him but he'll get back to it I'm sure he will Well, he's, he's definitely young enough that he's going to learn from this you know, every yeah. every year is a learning experience for a young kid like him. Um, I I believe in his potential, but just to just to bring him up real quick, I mean, w- does a slump like thirteen games affect his uh, overall contract project- projection for the Bruins? Like, would they look at this and be would that be a leverage thing? Uh, I I kind of think it would be because you'd say like look look at the consistency like you can see the assist totals are there but if you want to be getting paid more as a goal scorer the the consistency is not there for him to be that major goal scorer right now right so to be honest i i'd I'd try and go for the bridge deal if i was the bruins absolutely yeah i'd 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 try and put him on like maybe two years three million something along them lines that's try and get him short term for shorter money then look for the big deal right and even though the the, the cap might go up yeah. a little bit and there might be some flexibility uh, on the current roster after July 1st it, it depends on you know players coming in players leaving and so on that the team might ask him kindly to to take a shorter deal to t- kind of work with the cap yeah. Uh, and try to get those pieces over the summer to get even better next year. Yeah, and he is definitely like he's definitely a Bruins guy. He's not going to say no. I don't want it. I'm going somewhere else. Right. Like, I he's one of them players where he, he seems very very happy with where he was drafted at. So I think he'll be staying here for a long time. Yeah, and if he keeps. But, Bar in a stupid trade, right? Yeah, that, which is always a a potential with this Bruins yeah, team. I'd I'd love to see them give him that bridge deal, but also give him that security and say, look, it's no movement clause as well. Right. It gives him that edge to be like, right, well, I'm not going anywhere. 
So, so if then if he puts points up, he knows he's going to get paid big by the Brits. You know what's so. funny? You know what's funny about that security is I had a conversation earlier this morning on Facebook uh, in one of the groups that I belong to, and um, it was about Tory Krug, and and looking over his contract, he signed a I believe it was a five year deal, correct? Uh, um, yeah, I think it is. Fine. Yeah, and um, when I when I did look at that, the clauses and and what what would keep him in 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 Boston, there was none. He's got a straight yeah. deal, which I, I yeah. was kind of I was kind of shocked by that actually because after all these years of one year deals and you know kind of uh, you show me what you can do and we might show you what we what we can give you later on. Yeah, but Tory Krug resigned in the moment where it was like, we're not sure whether this is a rebuild or we're not sure whether this is a playoff contender. Right. So, so like, when it's like that, and especially with a guy who's would be a valuable asset if you trade him, you'd keep him unrestricted for the fact that he's probably going to hold the most value on the guys that you can trade. Because right now, I think Tory Krug is our most valuable, tradable player. Right, because he's young. Ex- excluding Carlo and probably McAvoy, but they've been named untouchables, so... Right, right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I just found that funny that he didn't have anything. Like, like when Belusky signed his deal to come to, come to the Bruins from Anaheim, yeah. he, he had three years that were no movement. Yeah. But his last two were were just free. You could do anything with yeah. him, and I kind of expected that from a Tory Krug deal. But I was shocked that not even one year was uh, protected. So, yeah, it, it is a it's a weird one. But at the same time, you like I said, you can see why they do it yep. because of the the re, like the questionable rebuild tactic. So I don't know because they've got so many people locked up as well on. Like no movement clauses now. Like you need some flexibility if you need to trade someone. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'd rather it be a valuable guy that you could get someone young and on an entry level, like back, than be a guy like Kevin Miller or Adam McQuaid, who you're probably going to get like a fourth round pick for. So you're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Um, some not-so-hot Bruins players uh, in the past uh, few games. Uh, Ryan Spoon has only got three points in his last eight games. Um, after 45 games, he's seven goals, 14 assists, 21 points. Um Austin Zarnick, same thing. Three points in his last nine games. Uh, he's got five goals, eight assists, 13 points in 42 games. And I, I can't not bring this guy up, but uh, Jimmy Hayes. He's got one point in his last eight games. And after 36 uh, contests this season, he's got two goals, one assist for three points. Wow. Yep. Wow. Tearing it up. So. Yeah. That that one buyout slot is looking 
awfully tasty. Yeah, it is. For Jimmy Hayes. You know, and because how many how many years does he have left after this year? One full season. Yeah, buy that guy out. And I mean, and it, and it's under a million. I looked into it on CapFriendly.com, and it's but eight hundred sixteen thousand. What's that? Wouldn't it be two years if you buy him out in his last year? No. Oh, I thought it because isn't it like if someone's got two years left, it works out at three. Like they do it as three years, but a lower number. Yeah, well, I thought he's, it was. He's got this. He's got the rest of this season and next yeah. full season. Uh, so yeah. if you buy out his last year, it's only eight hundred sixteen thousand. Yeah. yeah. So. I I would get rid of that guy. Maybe right. give someone young a spot, like Cleric next season. Yep. Or someone along them lines. What well, he's playing? He's playing well down in Providence. Um, not... And especially if you're looking right wingers, I mean, you've got. Um, I, I, my mind has gone blank now. But um, what's his name? The guy from uh, the Greyhounds. Oh, Zach Sinishan. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you're looking for a right-handed scoring forward, there you go. Yeah, and he could and definitely, he... definitely audition yeah. for a spot in next season's roster. And he'll be a pro, yeah, he'll be a pro player then, so can't go back to juniors. Right. So that'll be good. Yep. Another and another entry level deal on the Bruins roster. Yep. Keeping it under so, the cap. Yeah. Love keep that the, stuff. Pay for the top six all you want, but keep the I'd keep the bottom six young, like they have been doing, or yep. young and guys like Dominic Moore who only cost like a million. Right. But. Uh, I love stuff like that. So, um, with all that being said, uh, we got to take a look at the upcoming week. And there's there's three games next week, starting tomorrow with a matinee game that's 1 p.m. at the TD Garden against the New York Islanders. Uh, I really hope they get it together for this game. Um, in front of the fans. This is a very popular um, game because it's Martin Luther King Day in the States. And yeah. uh, always a sellout. And um, then they go to Detroit on Wednesday night. And uh, I believe that this is the last Bruins game at the Joe Lewis Arena. I could be wrong, but I, I believe this is the, the last uh, appearance. Which is too bad because the, the 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 Joe Lewis is a is a. I've never been there, but I I I talked to so many people, uh, in the Detroit area, uh, that 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 write and do podcasts, and they love the Joe, and they're very sad to see it go, and yeah. you know when you walk into the Joe, it bleeds red and white, uh, spoked, you know the wing wheel, um, it just. It's it's Detroit hockey, and from what these guys have been telling me, it's going to be really rough to walk in there and see um, Red Wings and Pistons colors mixed in. Yeah, it's kind of like the the TD Garden with the Bruins and Celtics, but um, I feel bad for those guys. But you know, a new, a new arena in that in that area isn't a bad thing, as um, you know, it's a very popular team 
You know, he got a 25 year streak going, playoff streak going. So, yeah, which is which and, prob- and looking like it's not not going to happen. This yeah, year. that's what I was about to say. Yep. But uh, I mean, on on the last year of the Joe as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then to to end the week, uh, they have they come back home for uh, a, a a tough game against the Chicago Blackhawks. And and pretty much, I mean, to me, I would love to see them beat the Islanders on Monday, beat Detroit in their ho- in their house, come home and beat the Hawks, because the next, the remaining four games of the month are not going to be easy. Yeah. You know, and just I don't want to get ahead of myself, but if you look at it, they got they got a game, they got two games against Pittsburgh, they got a home game against Detroit, and then the last game of the of the month is against Tampa Bay. So to beat the Hawks on a Friday night and roll into that the end of the month would be huge, and it'd be a great stepping stone for them to to really be aggressive in in you know trying to secure that playoff spot. And I mean, right now they're there. I like where they're yeah. sitting. I mean, this is exactly what we were talking about in the summertime when we did our our predictions. You know, I I said that they're gonna miss it the playoffs by a point or two. And, yeah. You know, we weren't really far off, but yeah. also they could go on a nasty stretch of losses that could definitely keep them out. Yeah, and it's a it's a tight table this season as well. Oh. But, it has been for the past like five seasons, but it, it's just we're getting to that point where good teams are starting to go downhill and bad teams are starting to come up, and you you like sandwiched in between them two things. So it, it's going to be a tough, I'd say, like the next three years until a couple of teams decide they want to go full rebuild. It's going to be tough. Yeah, and. You know, looking at the standings uh, for a majority of this season, the Metropolitan Division has been tough to play. Yeah, those guys are just. And then you know, when you when you with that being said, they're in the Eastern Conference, which makes teams that are in the Atlantic Division very. It's 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 very like compact. Like like each teams are really jockeying for position between two and three points. Yeah. So, like I said earlier, if you go uh, three or four games uh, without a win, you, you're really affecting your positioning in the uh, in the overall standings. Yeah, well, remember when the Bruins dropped out of a playoff place? I think it was either last week or the week before. They went out by, I think it was a point, and then won two games in a row and were right back in second place in the division. Yeah. So... It's one of them. Like you're gonna go up and down all the time, and I don't think anyone other than Montreal and uh, Columbus are really that safe right now. Right. And even Montreal aren't that safe. No. And and you see. I mean, you've seen three losses and three wins for us, and we're right up against them. Yeah. So. Yeah, like I said earlier, only nine points away from the Atlantic Division lead in Montreal Canadiens. And yeah. 11 points from the leading Columbus Blue Jackets. But, you know, after Columbus went on that unbelievable winning streak, I believe it was at 16, yeah. they've come down to earth a little bit. 
So it's Montreal. So mm-hmm. uh, anything can happen. So I just hope they, they, they stay. And like you touched on earlier, create a little consistency. Because that's that's yeah. huge in, in today's in today's NHL, you know. If you're not if you're not with it and you're not on a steady path, then you're pretty much screwed. It's not like the old days when you can, you know, pretty much go on a, a short losing streak and then try to work your way back up. But yeah, you just got to you. They've got to put the foot on the pedal now and just go at it. So. Things to discuss. Um, I, I I think it's an appropriate time, even though we're a little past what uh, the um, the mid season. But I thought we we'd do some mid season grades, and uh, I thought it'd be a good idea for uh, for us to look at every individual player that has uh, exceeded twenty games of uh, yeah. the NHL season this year. I don't want to. Because if we do that, if we do everybody, we have to get everybody involved, and it just takes a lot more time. So we're just going to base it on uh, 20 games. But um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start, and, and my list is consistent of um, the NHL stats for the Bruins, and obviously uh, Brad Marchand, which is your leading goal scorer, is going to be first. So it's going to be in a, in a point um, order. Yeah. So... Uh, I got to give Brad Marchand uh, an A for this season. Uh, I believe he's 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 definitely one of those core players, a skilled core player. And after, like you said about his contract, I think I think the uh, the future is going to look good for this guy and the organization as um, as a team. Yeah. Um. I, th- I think I'm going to be a bit controversial and for the first half of the season uh, I'm going to give him a B plus I, I just think the penalties were a problem at the beginning of the season and he wasn't helping himself too much by going out and kind of trying to be that agitator again uh, but on on the other hand he's turned it around now and he's become that goal scoring point putting up pest so yeah I, I think could, I'm gonna give him B plus for now I could agree with that the penalties yeah he's yeah. He's, he's known to be a little uh, agitator that you know gets those but yeah. uh, David Pasternak uh, just because of the skid I had to I would have given him an A if he was a little more consistent but I'm gonna I, I'm gonna give him a B minus, and but it's a it's a it's a good B minus as in he still has a lot of work to do, and that yeah. that grade could definitely change by the end of the year. So I, I like everything he's done. Um, he definitely put on a lot of weight over the summer, um, and he's he's done different things to his game that makes him more of a value and and. I'm not saying he's doing it because it's a contract year. I believe he's doing it for a uh, future. So yeah. it's not a it's not a downgrade for him. It's actually good, but he's a young player still in in, in learning. So I expect that grade to change. Yeah, I'm gonna flip flop with you now, and I'm gonna go for an A okay. with Pasternak. I think, like you said, he's put a lot of muscle on. Uh, he's changed his game a lot. I think he's really buying into the Bruins style of hockey. 
he's laid some nasty hits this season, including the one on Girardi that I still believe wasn't worthy of that suspension. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I just think there's a lot of players out there that when they're on a team like the Bruins, they could have took his back seat and kind of not bothered putting the muscle on, not bothered changing the game, just played their normal game. And he hasn't done that. He's gone out and worked hard for it. So, yeah, I think he deserves the year. All right. Uh, David Krejci. Um, I still believe David's a, group, a good player. Uh, he, he does bring a lot of positive attributes to, to his game, even though he frustrates the crap out of a lot of people. Um. I'm gonna give him a B minus. Uh, I think that's a that's that's pretty good. I, I I wasn't impressed with the way he started the season, and I know he was a little banged up. But in yeah. previous years, if you look at his stats, I believe the last four seasons in a row, he's been just unbelievable to start uh, with points, and then by uh, November, late November, early December he kind of tails off to, you know, leveling out. But I think a B-minus is a good uh, grade for him. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. I'm going to give him a B-plus just because I think he's got the hardest job on the Bruins where his line's constantly changing. Um... He's on like that middle line where if someone goes injured on the top line, one of his guys has to go up there, or if someone's like taken out of the game on the third line, like he's got to double up for that player. So I think he's done a good job. Uh, I saw a stat the other. Uh, what was the milestone that he just passed? Was it 500 career points? Yes. Yeah, that was yeah. yesterday. And they were showing uh, someone tweeted out that he is the third player from the 2004 draft that has managed to pass that point total and the only two other guys to pass it are Avenji Malkin and uh, Alexander Ovechkin some pretty elite company so, huh? yeah still so, want to still want to trade him everybody oh no definitely <laughs> not I, I think yeah I, I, I think he's doing great I think he is really doing good for the team even if it's not putting up points right. he does the little things right and right. he's he's a very valuable player on this team and you can see it when he goes out hurt absolutely and, and but you know as well as everybody else when people want to evaluate a player they they really generate towards their stats and not the overall oh, yeah. you know production on the ice from the uh, from the eye test so yeah um and no one should ever do that you should especially with the use of youtube now you can see the little things everyone does in the league absolutely yeah. uh moving on to the next one is uh tory krug uh, he's he's doing good i gotta give him a ton of credit now but for an overall season grade so far at the midpoint um, I'm gonna give him a C plus, and I, I I know he's got more potential. I hope he brings it, 
and I definitely definitely want to see that grade change by the time we do this at the uh, the end of the year. Um, yeah. He he is a value to this defense. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, of course, there's things he's got to work on. Size is a, is a huge issue for him, but. Um, Honestly, I, I I wish he'd move to forward because that goal that he got against Philly yesterday, I, I, I just thought was amazing how he got up the ice that fast and then took that pass and just got it right past, yeah. you know. So. But at the same time, that's the kind of things a lot of offensive defensemen around the league do. Yep. And I think with Tory Krug, playing Claude Julien's system is hurting his point production. That's a valid like point. he's not given, I don't think he's given that opportunity to join the rush as much as he should do as that player type mm-hmm. because he's definitely an offensive style defenseman. So, yeah, I think my grading for him's going to be a B. Okay. I think, um, he, I think he's got one of the biggest hearts on the team. Uh, you can tell he gives it his all. I, I can't remember how many times he's dropped the gloves like over the last few seasons, but it seems to be at the right time every single time. Um, I think he is the perfect puck-moving defenseman for this team, but he's kind of ball-and-chained by Adam McQuaid, who seems to be his only like steady partner. So... Uh, I've said it a few times. I think if you found the right defense partner for him, someone with a bit more skill, he'd uh, definitely benefit from that. So yeah, it's going to be a B. And uh, uh, just staying on Tory Crew for a moment, did you uh, hear he calling out? He called out his uh, teammates, saying that they were yeah. they were pretty much like you know no, there's no uh, what was the word? Oh, I don't remember the word now. Figures. But it was. It pretty much said that you know you gotta you gotta step up. There's no free rides here. Yeah. And basically, I, like the whole the passengers' speech. From that's what I meant. End. Yeah, the passenger, passenger. Yeah. Well, I know I'd seen. I think it was, it might have been Andrew, who put it up on Causeway Crowd. Um, Friend of the show. There was an article yep. said yeah, and a great. It was a great article, but it said uh, Tory Crew calls out passengers but from what he said it, it, I, I don't think he called anyone a passenger I think it was more I think it was more directed towards the the guys who don't play every game the guys like Jimmy Hayes, Joe Morrow Colin Miller those kind of guys mm-hmm. and it was more if you want to play step up that, that's what it felt like to me it was more if you want consistent ice time step up do your job and it's probably more directed towards Jimmy Hayes with his massive three point total for the season right so and uh, he's yeah. been he's been uh, spending a lot of time in the uh, level nine <laughs> press box lately so yeah because he's been given 300 chances and not <laughs> cashed in on any of them so exactly I mean, yeah all right, uh, moving forward, David Backus. Um, I like the signing, uh, the years. I'm I'm always not going to be a fan of what he got in years, but 
Um, from what I've seen so far this year, uh, I, I got to give him a solid B. I, I believe he's got more to offer, and I think that um, uh, going down the stretch here, uh, he can do that. And I, I, I believe that he's going to be uh, within an A grade for me at the end of the year, but uh, with serious potential. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say the same. I think it's definitely a B grade for him. I think he's he's definitely he's brought that heart and determination that he's always had in St. Louis. Um, he's really... He is playing the gritty game, but I think he's got more grit in him. I think he can play a lot more like Bolesky does, where he'll, he'll hit a lot more. I think he's got a lot more in the tank to do that, but... Uh, I think he's trying to be that goal scorer while players have been dwindling. So I think we'll see a lot more physical play from him over the next half of the season. Agreed. And they, they need it. They need it. If we yep. can get, we can get what we saw this past week was absolutely yep. physical. Uh, that you know, that's going to be uh, positive signs moving forward. But he, he he's exactly what I said he was going to be when the signing happened, you, and that was he. He's a major net front presence. Yep. And he'll tip pucks for days. He'll just stand in front of the goaltender and no one moves him. I so. remember I remember the uh video that you, you, you showed me on YouTube. You like you, you have to watch this mark. This is exactly yeah. how he plays. And I watched oh, yeah. it I think several times and I couldn't believe how good he was in front of the net. Yeah. And uh, like there was, there's one in that video, that same video, uh he's playing against the Hawks. And he's standing in front of that, and Brent Seabrook's trying to move him and can't. Yeah. Like no, that David Backus is the perfect guy to watch. If you ever want to learn how to use your edges properly in front of the net, that guy knows how to use his skates to his advantage. Oh yeah, because he gets he gets wide and just like oh yeah, just know, digs in. Yeah, because he digs if, in. You can't move him either way. Because if you're if you're standing upright and you're not wide in wide stance like that, those defensemen are going to move you all day. Because your your oh, yeah. hips. Your hips are your pivot points, and once yeah. they attack those, they can move you anywhere. But if you're wide and you're ready for it, you're gonna take it. Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah. Uh, Ryan Spooner. There now for me, there's a, there's a lot of things to his game that I do like, and there's a lot of things that I don't like. Uh, yeah. Honestly, don't think he's gonna be around next year. I don't think they're going to resign this guy. I believe he possibly could be uh, a trade leverage asset at the deadline. I could be wrong, could be right. You never know. But uh, I got to give him a D. I don't think he's shown enough to me personally that he deserves another contract or a good grade. I'm gonna. I'm gonna to have to go different on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a C, and that's mainly for his work on the power play, mm-hmm. because no one can deny how good that guy is on the on the half boards, like as a power play quarterback. Because most of it does come through Ryan Spooner, um, and I think like last year, I think him going onto the power play was the main reason it was so effective. This year, they seem to be looking for the one-timer way too much, yep. for my liking. Yep. Like, I think that's killing them. Uh, but, like, I just... I think, again, 
like his point production is suffering because of playing Claude Julien's system. Claude doesn't want him on the centre spot because he's not winning his face-offs. Um, I just... I don't honestly think it's his fault the way he's playing and I believe that if he does go to another team next season his points will skyrocket compared to what they were at the Bruins. Well, that's usually how it happens, you know. Once they yeah. once another player gets involved in another in another system, you know, they yeah. pretty much show their full potential. Yeah, and if he goes to like an offensive style team, um like even someone like Toronto like he could be very deadly for that team in in the center position but again Claude Julien's system is just like I don't think it's working properly I really don't uh, I, I, I do have to agree with your with your your half wall theory I do like that I do like his power play but what I'd like to see him do more is it almost seems like he has too many opportunities to shoot, but he yeah. think he's he's thinking pass. Um, I'd like really like to see him take more of an opportunity to take a quick look and take and fire the shot. Just get it on net. Yeah. Because most of the times, and this is just what I'm what I'm seeing. Everybody has their own opinion, but what I'm seeing is when he makes a pass for that one timer. It seems like the opponents are more ready to block it or it's, or or a save, opposed to yeah. if he could take that shot and just get it on net and and, and get through the traffic. You know, I, I don't know. Gretzky... The thing is, the the one time is such a telegraph move. Like right. when when someone calls for it, they lift the stick, and if a if especially a penalty killing forward, if a penalty killing forward sees a guy lift his stick like that he knows to get in the lane because if that puck comes to his guy and that guy gets a shot off clean at the net that's that's his fault mm-hmm. so and we've seen it all season long like first of all it's such a dangerous move like a cross ice pass on the penalty kill like we saw against Carolina with uh, Jordan Stoll picking up the puck I mean all it takes is one quick stick mm-hmm and they're gone. So, I, I just think they should cut that out of the game and go back to short passes. Agreed. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's one of the reasons why the power play is so bad this year. Yeah. Well, last last season, they used short passes to open up the box. Yeah. Yeah. They, put, they put Bergeron out, like, high in the slot. And it worked, because all the guys, after all the short passes, they realized that Bergeron was left alone. And he got so many tips, and even just him being in front of the goaltender is going to make the goaltender think it's going to get tipped. So it just opens up all sorts of options. But let's not get into that. Let's right. <laughs> let's carry on with player evaluation. Yeah. All right, Patrice Bergeron. Uh, not the greatest season we've we've that we've seen from a Bergeron type player. Uh, I. He's still a huge part of this core, no doubt. Uh, but I got to give him a solid B. Yeah. Um, I, it's tough with this. I, I think, especially with a guy like Bergeron, it's tough because everyone loves him so much. And I know as soon as you said B, you felt a bit guilty inside. 
I did. I you know I I, yeah. I didn't want to say that, but I'm just. I'm I not... think it's just it's tough with a guy like that because like everyone knows that he plays two way game, like they know he plays all the ice, not just the offensive zone. Um, I'm I'm gonna give him a B as well, but I know that grade's gonna change, especially if they make the playoffs. You know that grade's gonna change. So I, I just I'd like to see a little bit more offense from him and a little bit more point production. All right, uh, Dominic Moore, good good acquisition. Uh, yep. Really changed that fourth line role. Uh, it seems to be a very positive influence to other players such as uh, Tim Schaller and um, and recently Anton Bleed. So I, I got to give him a solid B as well. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to go above and beyond with this guy. I'm going to give him an A. I think for the amount of minutes he gets to play and for the kind of players that he's been playing with that guy has just shown that he still has skill like that guy's got nasty hands when he decides to use them um, and he's dangerous like he, he's putting putting up big time goals at the right time just, just when we need them really so I'm going to give him an A yeah all right, uh, Austin Zarnick, uh, rookie, not enough time, he, I, uh, real small sample size on him, but yeah. he's 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 got the goods that can be definitely a future player. Uh, I'm gonna give him a C minus. Probably gonna get killed on that, but I'd like to see him get a little more involved. Yeah, I think. I'm going to give him a C. I think he's got a lot more to use. Like, he's got a lot more speed than he shows. Um, I think he's a lot better playmaker than he's been showing. Um, And he's multi-talented. Like, we've seen him on the penalty kill before. We've seen him him on the power play in Providence. I mean, he's got skills to use. I just don't think he's been given the opportunity to use them right now and I'm not surprised with him this being his first full season um, but I honestly think that third line is his to run next season I think he'll definitely be the starting centre for that third line alright uh, Tim Schaller like like the kid like his grit like his speed he's a fast kid um Local kid from New Hampshire. Uh, I, I got. This was a tough one for me, but because he's a fourth line player and he and he kind of rises up to that third line too. But I got to give him a um, a C plus. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think I'm going to give him a B just because he's really shown up when he needs to. He's he's performed at a third line rate all season long 
uh, with how he plays his game at least um, he's banging bodies behind the net doing all the dirty work on the boards going to the front of the net and we've seen him crash the net a lot uh, just go straight into the goaltender like old school hockey so yeah I think he's doing doing really well alright Zidane Chara. Uh for me, I think um, the addition of Brandon Carlo has really uh, rejuvenated his career, and he's definitely been playing a lot better than I've seen in the past two seasons. Um, this is a surprising one for me, but I got to give him a B plus. Yeah, I think I'm going to give him an A minus. I think he's. I think he's had like a rejuvenated season. I think Carlo is definitely his fountain of youth. He's playing a lot better. Um, but at the same time, he's really got to step up as the captain for the rest of the season and get these guys in line. Yep. Get them playing. Agreed. So, yeah. Brandon Carlo, I, I, uh, rookie, ton of potential. I'm very, very impressed with his game so far, but lately you're seeing rookie mistakes. Uh, I, I have to give him an, I, a B plus. Uh, no, I, I'm going to give him an A plus. Oh. I think to go from juniors straight to the to the NHL and play 20 plus minutes every night is just insane. I think they've asked above and beyond from him and he's delivered so I, I think this this kid is definitely special and to say that Claude Julian isn't sheltering him and letting him play the first power uh, the first penalty kill unit as well is crazy so yeah I right. think he's doing way better than we could have ever imagined him doing alright uh, Riley Nash, um, not a fan at all. Yeah. Uh, I got to give him a D. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to go for the same. I, I mean, I like him as a player, but I don't like him in that third line role. I, I liked him when he was on the fourth line, like Shallow, Nash, and Moore. I think he played a lot better then, but... I, th- I think he's like they said his own his main reason for coming was to be uh, a depth forward who had the abilities on face-offs and from the stats he's not really shown the ability on face-offs so I, I, I just don't get why he's taking a year away from a kid because I think we could have an offensive style player up here from Providence I, I agree to play the minutes. I agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, Colin Miller. For me, not enough time in the NH. I mean, this season. And then we got into a new contract, but he just seems to be healthy scratched here. Um, yep. and, and his recent injury has nothing to do with his grade, but uh, I got to give him a C plus. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to go the same with that. I don't, I don't think we've seen enough of him. Uh, we sh- we like last season. We've seen short stints of 
like great hockey where you could see him being a top four D man and like being an offensive giant in the it, on the power play and stuff like that. But just it, it's not he's not consistent enough with it. It's it's not like how he was in the AHL. In the AHL, he was a very consistent player. Did all the right things. Um, in the NHL, I don't think he uses his shot enough. I think there's some times where he like goes to carry it down the boards or he'll go to pass. Uh, yeah, I think he needs to use his shot more and his speed a lot more. All right. Matt Bolesky, I he's a Bruins player. He he does a lot of the right things. Not you know, he's injured and he made this cut by four games, so um I'd like to see him get a little more point production. Uh yep. I, I gotta give him a D. Uh I mean, it's Matt Bolesky, I've gotta give him like an A plus donor. Oof. <laughs> like like every time he goes out it looks like there's six redwoods on the ice and he's just going to cut them down that's <laughs> he, true he's, he is like the hard nosed player of the Bruins and he'll just go out there and bang away all night so yeah I think uh, realistically I'd probably give him like a C plus because he hasn't put up the points but he's still using his physicality mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, we all we keep seeing him getting snake bitten, and it, like I hate to say it, but it, it isn't his fault. It's just unlucky, right? Like he's been unlucky the past two years with the Bruins, right? And I think we will see one season over the next two years where he just plays amazing. So, um, round we got four more players to go. Uh, John Michael Lyles. Uh, I, I gotta give him a D. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go same. He's just not been good enough. And but especially on a contract year. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, Jimmy Hayes, uh, flat F. <laughs> F, 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 F. A Z. Yep. That guy's gotta be gone. Like, just, I, I'd, I'd wave him right now. Yeah. I, I honestly he doesn't hold any value after this season I'd wave him no one will pick him up put him in Providence bring a guy up from Providence let him play right yep alright Kevin Miller I gotta, uh, good yeah I gotta give him a C plus I, I'm gonna give him a B plus I think I think honestly he he shows heart he blocks shots he's physical I know he gets injured, but so do all the physical players on the Bruins. That That's one thing that always annoys me. When people say, oh, this person gets injured all the time, or this person gets injured. But when you look at how they play, yeah, they get injured because they're physical players. Mm-hmm. Matt Bolesky, Adam McQuaid, Kevin Miller, David Backus. Four really physical players all get injured. My point exactly. Yep. So, yeah, I... I I think he's a good defenseman. I think he'll be good for us down the stretch as long as he's a bottom pairing guy. And last but not least, Mr. I have one assist on the year and one point, Mr. <laughs> Adam McQuaid. Now, I, I 
I know what everybody's gonna think about this, but and that's fine. Tear me a new one, but I honestly have to give him a C plus. I'm gonna. But well, why are you giving him a C plus? I think he's. I I wish he had more to the game than just being that 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 tough guy. You know what yeah. I mean? I I wish that his defensive mindset in the zone was was a little more there. It just sometimes yeah. sometimes I look at him when and I watch tape over and over again. It just it's like a deer in headlights when 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 it comes into the zone. I mean, he is he's tough and he can move people, but his coverage is just oh I, to me it's god awful. But See, the, but the presence he he brings yeah. You know, when somebody's trying to take liberties on a player and so on and and to get that inspiration up out of the team when he starts a fight, when he gets into a fight, when the referees aren't, you know, you know, that that's that's good for me. But yeah. I can't I can't give him a higher grade because he's just for me defensively, he's just not there. Yeah. Um I think I'll go for a C with him because he's playing beyond his talent by being a top four guy. Um, I I don't think he should be playing in the top four. I think um, I think Colin Miller should be there and Kevin Miller and Adam McQuaid should be the bottom pairing because they're the perfect bottom pairing guys. You've got two gritty guys there who play physically. No one will want to play against them. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Um, yeah, I I just... This is another thing, like players playing beyond their ability and it, it ruins their career because they look like garbage, but they're not. Like, I, I think he is a serviceable bottom-pairing guy, but he's not playing bottom-pairing minutes, so... Right. Yeah. And notice how I put that little Boston flair on the garbage. Yeah, you did. Garbage. <laughs> garbage. <laughs> hey, do you, you want to take a quick break? Before, and I'll I'll do the um my prospect stuff. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, let's uh, go into the American Hockey League. The Providence Bruins are twenty-two, nine, four, and three with fifty-one points after thirty-eight games played. Uh, they're third in the Atlantic Division, eight points behind leading Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins, and third in the Eastern Conference, and also um, trailing the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins. Uh, things are looking really positive for this team. Uh, they're on right now, and currently um, losing two to one. But uh, we got 20 minutes to go in that game, so uh, some players that are. That are uh, making some noise in the last four games uh, is Sean Curley. Uh, he's got two goals, one assist, three points in his last four. In 29 games played, he's got five goals, eight assists, 13 points. Uh, Rob Gara really stepped up his game lately. Uh, he's got two goals, one assist, three points in his last four games. He's got two goals, three assists, five points in his last 26. Uh, and Tommy Cross, uh, he's got two goals, eight assists, 10 points in his last 11 games and after 37 games he's got 6 goals, 13 assists, 19 points uh, Anton Hudobin 
Uh, since being Antonio Dorman is three zero and zero since being demoted to the Providence team and is currently on a four game winning streak and two game shutout streak while giving up one goal in his last three games. Uh, this season in the AHL total, he's five zero and one a 1.95 goals against average, and a .922 save percentage. So he's definitely taking his uh, demotion well and, uh, show, you know, like to see him continue to stay down there, but it is what it is. Uh, in the East Coast Hockey League, Atlantic Gladiators, Dan Vladar, since returning from the 2017 World Junior Tournament with his Czech Republic team, the 2015 third-round pick of the Boston Bruins is 1-1 one one with the Gladiators. And in the season, he's 2-2, two two, a 3.58 goals against average, and a dismal .889 save percentage in five games played this season. Uh, hopefully he gets better. Uh, I like that kid. Uh, Canadian Juniors and the Ontario Hockey League, Zach Senesh and Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, uh, four goals in his last four games. Uh, his season, after 33 games played, he's got 24 goals, 11 assists, 35 points. Uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, defenseman Jeremy Lousen, the Ruin, Noranda Huskies. Since returning from the World Juniors, he's appeared in two games, contributing one assist uh, in two games. Uh, his season total, after 15 games played, is two goals, 10 assists, 12 points. Jakob Sborrell, defenseman for the St. John Sea Dogs. Since his return from the World Juniors, he's appeared in four games, uh, posting one assist. His season totals, after 24 games played, is six goals, 13 assists, 19 points. Uh, Western Hockey League, Jesse Gabriel of the Prince George Cougars. After nine games without a goal, the 2015 fourth-round pick of the Bruins is... Uh, has two goals, three assists, five points in his last five games, and has amassed a staggering 38 penalty minutes in his last eight games. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, he's he's definitely seen some frustration in the in the past couple of weeks. So, um, after 37 games played, he's 21 goals, 16 assists, 37 points, and 54 penalty minutes. So those 38 penalty minutes pretty much came within the last like two weeks that is crazy yeah hopefully he gets a little better that western hockey league's tough man it really is oh yeah tough kids down there oh yeah uh in the ncaa anders bjork of the Notre dame university uh went had a goal and an assist for two points in both games at merrimack college last week he's 17 points in his last 12 games which is impressive uh, his season total after 23 games played is 15, 20, and 35. Ooh. And continuing in the NCAA, uh, Ryan Fitzgerald, the Boston College, played two games last week, recording one assist. Uh, before those two games, uh, his last action was in late November when he was out with an injury. So it's good to have him back. And... Uh, Boston University's Jakob Forsbacher Carlson had one goal last week and to extend his season high point streak to four games where he went six, uh, six two, and eight. 
And his season total after 20 games played is 9 goals, 12 assists, 21 points. And that's all I got for that. It's good to see uh, JFK putting some points up. Yeah, lately, lately it's been it's been really good. I I don't know what his problem was in the beginning of the year, um, whether it be an adjustment issue or whatever. Yeah. But it's good to see him, you know, um, coming around a little late in the season, but. You know, there's there's a lot more tournaments coming in, and I'm sure that he'll the uh, Boston University team how stacked they are. Now, I mean, yeah. not only with uh, McAvoy, JFK, and um, but they they I mean, they they're probably gonna have a good um, not a Frozen Four, but a good NCAA tournament coming up. So, yeah. it was cool. it you that shared that article from the Boston Globe like a couple of hours ago? Um, the one about McAvoy. I believe it was. Yeah, about him possibly like they reckon he's going to make the uh, the Bruins next season. Yeah, and th- and that's one yeah. thing I wanted to talk to you know about real quick <clears throat> is everybody wants him up. Everybody wants him up. I, I get I get the sensation and so on, but you also don't want to be rushed. Um, but the, 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 also the problem is like. The only way that happens, in my eyes, is if they trade one of Adam McQuaid or Kevin Miller. Because you have to get a spot for them. Well, they don't like they don't like playing guys on the rough side, do they? Like no. on the defense, they don't like a right-handed shot on the left side or a left-handed shot on the right side. Right. So that leaves you with three right-handed shots and four left-handed shots bit awkward isn't it yeah so I, I i don't know plus i don't i don't think they're gonna bring mcavoy in until the point that they're ready for this overhaul yeah like and i don't think it'll happen until chara leaves i agree i agree yeah. so i i definitely see mcavoy i mean this is my personal opinion because i'm a huge prospect guy and i, I know yeah. i say this repeatedly but i'd like to see him get more Involved in the NCAA and kind of work his way in uh, slowly. I don't want to yeah. rush players. We've seen what happens to players when they get rushed in the past. But I, I know this is a new regime. This is a more comfortable. Uh, I believe Don Sweeney's an outstanding person at bringing in younger players. I definitely yeah. agree with that. But uh, the transition has to be right. Um, and, you know, while we're talking about that, it's it, another issue got brought up earlier this week when I when I started talking about Peter Koharik of the of the Providence Bruins and um, Jake DeBrusque. I mean yeah. the last time we talked Jake DeBrusque was on an eight game point streak. Yeah. Recently he's on a three game pointless streak. But yeah. everybody was like, bring him up, bring him up. We need goal scoring. I don't get what I don't get the fascination of, of rushing these players when they when people think that they're gonna come into the NHL and just Rip it up! Oh yeah, and I, mean, I, and I hate I hate them doing it halfway through a season. Right, like before when I said Cleric may play the wing next season. Like I mean next season, like not end of this year, not during a player injury. I mean next season, like give him a full year down in the AHL, let him play out 
become consistent. Like, make sure the guy is ready before he steps in. Don't just say, oh, that guy just scored, like, five goals in two games. Get him up. Right. And, and, and because I, it, I, we proved with Vitrano that that doesn't work. I was just about to say that. I mean, if, yeah. you, if, if you just take a minute and look at Frank's stats at the AHL, yes, he's got 38 games where he scored 38 goals. That's awesome. You cannot expect a player like that to just jump up a level, the ultimate level of the whole world. This is the best hockey in the world, and expect a kid in his twenty, early 20s to just come in and, and, and be a point-per-game producer. It's not going to happen. People just have to relax. I, I get the fascination that they want to get these kids in, but you just got to slow down. You got to tap the brakes a little bit and understand that. They might see my a... my frustration with the fan base of Boston is that there's two things that everyone always gets like excited over. It's either a prospect coming to the Bruins, like coming up to play in the Bruins, or it's when it gets to free agency and everyone wants the main guy. Yep. And they don't think about the cost or the repercussions down the line. I mean, some fans do. I, I I totally understand that, but there are there are a lot of fans out there that don't think about the long term picture when it comes to like some of the things to do with the hockey. Because I think a lot of people just they want to win now, yeah, and they want to have this amazing team now, but it just doesn't work like that. No, that makes a lot so. of sense, and I can understand where fans get that way, but. I, I guess I don't know. I'm more of a realist, and I just like to look at things and see how it pans out, and yeah, you know. But um, one more thing we got to discuss before we end the show, which is uh, definitely the longest show in a long time, oh, yeah. um, is the All Star selections, and yeah. I couldn't agree more with the selections of Brad Marchand and Tukarask. Yeah, I I think the they made the right decision not taking Pasternak. Because I think he's got many more years to be that all-star selection. Yep. And I think while Brad Marchand's had probably, what, the best two seasons of his career? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think that um, he, he's ready for it. And I think a lot a lot of the point of Brad getting picked for this season is because of what he did at the end of last season after the all-star break. And, and, and just to jump in on that note, I also believe that before this season, he was getting more of a local notoriety and a, and a Bruins fan base notoriety. Yeah. But I think after what he did with the um, uh, not Canadian, the, yeah. yeah, the Canadian team at the um, World Cup. World Cup. Of I, I I wanted to spit out World Juniors, but uh, <laughs> what he did at the World Cup made a made a you know broaden. The, uh, the hockey fan base in general to understand what this player is really about. And I believe yeah. he got a lot of votes from that. So I believe and he's how get... many how many people like have you seen all them memes where it's like uh, Brad Marchand when he plays for a uh, plays for the Canadian team and then it's Brad Marchand when he plays for the Bruins. And it's always like people smiling and everything when he plays for Canada, but as soon as he plays for the Bruins, everyone hates him. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> it's just the type of player he is, and I think, I think there'll have been a lot of players from like other teams, like especially Canadian fans that um, 
will have picked Brad Marshall just because of how he played in World Cup. And I don't think they knew he had that in him. Right. So, and people said he played better than Crosby. So, I mean, he, he's got to get a pick somewhere. So, but um, uh, Tukaresque, you can't really, like, you, there's nothing to really say about Tukaresque. He's been outstanding. Right. And, and, Here's one thing about Tukarask. Uh, yes, I agree. He's been outstanding. He's one of my favorite players on this team. But, of course, when he gets mentioned, the hate happens. And it happens everywhere. And I understand that. But I, I have to talk about it because it's, it's, it's disturbing. But a lot of people are pissed off that Rask got picked and Bergeron didn't. Yeah. And i got to tell you, i got to ask you people, are you serious? I mean, have you have you seen? I mean, I love Bergeron just like you do, but I haven't seen an All Star Bergeron this season. I mean, the and only we've definitely seen an All Star Tukarask. Yeah, I mean, I, I gotta give I gotta give Bergeron credit. He's a great player, great voice, good leader, and he's 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 at his best at faceoffs. I believe he's leading the league in faceoff percentage. But to base an all-star candidacy on face-offs is absurd. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's players that are doing better on that team than he is right now, and you just have to face the facts that you don't like Tuka, and you'd rather see Vergi involved. And, you know, I just don't understand that. But to reach but their it's own... Happened, it's happened around the league as well because uh, a lot of people have been making fun of the fact that Jonathan Tays has got picked... And he didn't even want to. He was just like, I can't believe yeah. I got picked for after the season I got. Yeah. But then you so, but then you look at Columbus, the Columbus Blue Jackets, right? Yeah. Cam Atkinson is having an outstanding career year. He didn't get picked, but Seth Jones did, the defenseman for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. So it just tells you where you know everything it's goes. It's just fan favorite. It is. It is. That's what it is now because of the vault. So you're only going to get fan favorite guys every year. Absolutely. So... And I don't think it should be done like that. All right. But yeah, that's me. Right. Yeah. That was a good show. Definitely a good I, show. I thought that was a good show. And uh, we definitely have to give uh, uh, another word out to uh, the great people at Beast from the Northeast. Um, those guys are really good. Please go to their website at uh, beastfromthenortheast.bigcartel.com for all your sports uh, apparel. Those guys do a good job. Um, you can follow us on Twitter um, at Black and Gold two seven seven. Rob's at Rob Forty Bruins. Uh, I think that's it. And if you do buy anything from Beast from the Northeast, uh, make sure you tweet them a picture afterwards when you receive your items. Yes. And tell them that the uh, podcast sent you. Yeah. Tell them that the either hashtag Britain Grit or. The Black and Gold Hockey Podcast sent them. They'd love to hear that. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Rob, thank you very much for another awesome week. Uh, you too, buddy. This was this was a good one. We picked a, um, a good player, and, oh, and, yeah. and it lasted. And it went well. Over yeah, an hour. Well. I can't believe it. So we got to keep this trend going. So. Yeah, um, thank, thank you, everybody, for listening. Please go to your uh, podcatcher and give us a rating and um, a comment. Tell us how we're doing. Um, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Take care.
for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material. Yeah. <laughs>